0: Hello and welcome to Pocket Thoughts. Today we are talking about networking. We are going to focus on doing your homework. Just like school, you need to prepare for who you're talking to before you go into a networking event. It gives you an advantage over others and shows that you care. We later get into VIP statements, how each of us network, and keeping the list of people you network with that you should stay connected with to make sure that your business and yourself are successful. And finally, we get into following up. This is a key part of networking that many people miss out on because they get lazy or they forget. Or they just don't think it's important. But this can make a huge difference. Thank you everyone for continuing to check out this podcast and welcome to those who are new. Enjoy the show and enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Pocket Thoughts. Today, we've got a fun one. We're going to be talking about networking. Hello, I'm uh, Brandon. Oh, hey. Nice to meet you. I'm Jim Bob. Jim Bob, it's very nice to meet you. What do you uh, do for a living? Uh, I think we can get into this later. All right, so get ready for that. That is coming up. Joey, you were at a networking event last night. How and today, actually. And today. Yeah. That's why he's wearing a suit. Can't you tell he looks spiffy? <laughs> Everyone that's <laughs> listening can see me, so yes. I like. And on <laughs> a video, goofy.
1: how did it go? Oh, um, uh, went well, I guess we can kind of get right into it, I, uh, I guess. Um, going into kind of tips and kind of best practices when we, when we network. I know um, Brady has put together, uh, and he knows quite a bit about networking, social guy and uh, social confident person. But um, for those that aren't as confident like myself, I think one of the biggest tips is just to be insanely prepared for the whole event. And that goes into kind of all your prep work into these like networking events. So for instance, I had a network event last night and prior to the event, they sent out a roster of everyone that was going to be at the event. Um, Some of my uh, due diligence was to kind of go through that whole list, um, see what company everyone worked for, and do my research on that company, and maybe how we could create conversation, and how we could find common ground between each other. I think another important piece of prep work that could be done in order to prepare you more for an event such as such as uh, such as the one I was at last night. What is to when you're going through this list of names and and companies, um, kind of think about what everyone wants to get out of this event, like. Why do you think this person is there? What are they looking for? Are they looking to um, just expand their network? Are they looking to, I don't know, get work for their company? Are they looking to find a partner for something? Basically doing your homework in advance and kind of understanding the, the group that's there, what they're trying to get out of it, and, and maybe where you can find some common ground. Um, so obviously plenty of tips and tricks, but I think that's a good, good place to start right there.
2: So quick question before we keep going. Joey, what are the what type of people are you primarily networking with? Are they decision makers? Are they people on your level? Are they, yeah, who are we working with?
1: In this case, we're working with um, people that are aged roughly 30 to 50, um, private equity groups, investment bankers, and um companies that are potentially looking at selling their, their company. And so um, you really have to, it can kind of be intimidating because most of the people have, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years of experience on you. So you really kind of have to know your stuff, um, which I always, I mean, not always. I a lot of the time I don't compare to them, which um, sucks. But that's why you really got to do your homework and see who you're working with in order to be prepared for it.
2: And one more follow-up to that. Yeah. What, and I think when everyone explains their networking approach, I think it would be really valuable if each of us explain what we personally try to get out of our networking because I think that significantly changes the approach of each individual. Yeah, so I
1: guess it depends on what type of event it is. Um, If we're looking at an event like I was at last night, that was basically to... The purpose of that for me was to kind of create relationships for possible future work and kind of get our company name out there and our experience out there um, because a lot of people don't know um, how uh, experienced we are in the work that we do. Um, so an important thing is just to kind of give them legitimate facts about how, uh, what kind of success we've had and how experienced we have been. So kind of just getting the company name out there and, and looking for possible future work. It's not as much about creating a brand or learning from others. That's I feel like that's a different type of networking event. But this one specifically was um, to help the company.
2: But is that your common form of networking or are you commonly networking for yourself?
1: Commonly, it was like at the event last night. There's not a lot of events where it's just kind of for yourself and and stuff like that. I mean, there are some more informal ones that we can do some of that more personal kind of networking, but most of the ones that I attend are for the, the company. Can you guys talk about, so I kind of just like, just for the listener's sake, I'll be heading out in about 15 minutes, but I kind of dove right into kind of my tips and tricks and everything like that. So I guess we can broaden, uh, broaden the scope a little bit. And could you guys talk about what type of networking events you attend each of you
3: Yeah, I mean, most of most of the networking stuff that I do, I haven't had that experience yet, so that's interesting Joy like that it's I, I think a lot of different I think that's a different take for a lot of people, but or maybe not. I'm I'm not quite sure, but most of the networking stuff that I go to aren't like networking events. It's um, like usually like speaker events or uh, informative events um, some type of like learning opportunity that like where there are a lot of subject matter experts, there's a lot of industry specific talent, uh, that sort of thing. So like a lot of common backgrounds, individuals in the same room that are, um, good at something. Usually I'm not one of those people that's good at something, but I get pulled into those and, um, Yeah. I I think Bobby's question was good earlier. Like, are you networking for yourself? Are you networking for like a company or something uh, like a, like a brand? Most of the networking that I've done, if that's what you want to call it, like kind of meet and greets after these events are all kind of for my, like for myself. Mine are usually just tailored around learning more about people, learning what they do. Um, And I haven't had many like, oh, I'm trying to sell like myself or my company or that sort of thing a lot of them are just informal like hey i'd like to get know just get know you better um can i grab you for a second um I, I like i know this or this about you i think joe your point earlier about doing your due diligence is immensely important regardless of, of the reason that you're going into the networking event because like one it gives you the confidence to like go up and talk to somebody without just saying like hey i'm so and so um but you actually have some like basis of understanding of what they do, what they're good at, um, their background. So, um, I, I think that's really important. And that's one of the things that I, even when I'm going in for myself is, is one of the things that I, I always do as well as, um, kind of prepare yourself as best as possible. Um, cause it makes it a lot of, it makes people more willing to talk to you and it makes it a lot easier to talk to people once you get in those settings. So, um, most of, most of mine are, are, are pretty informal events. I can't name many other than one or two, um, maybe in grad school that were legitimate networking events for jobs. But other than that, they're usually like informal settings where it's not for networking, but you end up doing that when there's a lot of similar people in the same room.
0: I haven't really had a formal networking as well. not, Not since like college, I guess. Mine was just with the board of directors from Hamlin. I was in student council and stuff. And so I we got to meet with them. I don't know, we like sat down at like dinner with them and talked to them, and I didn't really get too much out of it, just because I didn't really know I could network at the time to learn more about what they actually did outside of being a board of director at our school. And I talked to one guy and I asked him, I go, okay, so where do you work? And all he said was, off of uh, the highway. I said, okay. (laughs) And we kind of moved on from there. And I tried to hit him with again later. And I said, so where did you say you work? He goes, oh, it's off of 394 and uh, whatever. And I go, all right, well, (laughs) this is going nowhere. And I learned later, I knew who he was through his daughter. He owns his own business. So that would have been very helpful to actually get a connection with him. And I probably at the time could have asked him more questions to narrow down what his job was because he was the CEO. So could have got a good connection off there. But as far as that, I mean, yeah, tips for other people is to get more in depth with what you're talking to and know what you're getting into right away because I could have used that to my full advantage to talk to the other board of directors and kind of got up and walked around and got to know more people instead of just sit at the table with that one guy and learn absolutely nothing so that's really my only experience with networking as far as that and I haven't put myself out there enough to go to different events but I think if I were to I think it would be more for myself to get to know more people get to know what they do broaden my horizon and actually get out there and talk to different people and not just people that I work with and go to a happy hour or something and just
2: expand it a little bit more. I'm gonna go off of the tips that Joey gave, but I guess first I want to start by saying I've never been to a networking event ever. I guess technically the people that, and I was surprised to hear the kind of people that were at Joey's networking event, but a lot of the people I interact with don't commonly show up to networking events. They're usually individuals that are the CEOs of large companies and really aren't getting out and trying to network with somebody like me. In that case, we're actually going to call the people that I talk to VIPs because that's pretty much who I try to focus on networking with because I need decision makers in my life to help further my career. So to piggyback off of what Joey and Brady said If you're trying to network with someone that's really anyone, like they said, just do your homework. And I think there's different extents or you can go, there's different depths to how much homework you do on a person. Like if you're just going to a networking event, like have a little bit of an idea of who they are, what their background is, so you can kind of interact with them. But when you get to a VIP level, and we're talking about people that have salaries of 10 plus million a year. Your homework has to be a whole lot more in depth. And we cover a lot more of this in our course. Quick plug for the EE Module 1. But essentially, you need to do your homework. So you need to become an expert on who that VIP is. So what I personally do is I actually go in depth into articles that they've written, interviews that they've had, their social media feeds, and I try to pick up on what their challenges are what their successes are, and where their company is headed. I also try to go and figure out like who that company's competition is. Like I want to know everything about their competitors and I want to try to figure out where that individual is vulnerable. What decisions I see them making that could ultimately hurt them in the long run. So I it kind of gives me a way to introduce myself and bring up a few of the weak points that I found when doing research on that person. Now, all that's really valuable, but when it comes to a VIP, and we're talking like a big deal VIP, they're not gonna give you the light of day if they don't think you're even worth a dime. I mean, yes, there are plenty of people out there that are gonna give you a 10 minute meeting or something like that really quick if you get lucky. But you're not going to be able to sit down with the Tim Ferris's of the world, the the people that are running Microsoft and Google and stuff of that nature, if you don't have what I believe is a VIP statement. You guys can find this stuff. There's there's something called a VIP makeover, and I, I'd recommend everyone does it because it will really enhance your ability to get meetings with incredible people. So you kind of need to fit in with the people you talk to. And for you to rub shoulders with important people, you really need to look important yourself. So I'm not saying you should go and make a VIP statement that's false, but I'm saying you need to work on creating a VIP statement. So for example, like my VIP statement, I have it at the bottom of every one of my emails. So every email I send out, it has my name, it has my email, it has my cell phone number. But then it also explains what companies I'm the CEO of, what I'm the founder of. I give them a personal website that they can check out where they can see like all my projects, what I've done. I also let them know that I'm the host of a podcast, Master of Start podcast, so they actually understand that I can get them promoted in certain ways. And then I also go over like what I'm an investor in at least a large majority investor in. So just that VIP statement gives me the ability to look like I'm a a much bigger deal than what I am. And they don't immediately throw things in the trash. So for all of you guys out there that haven't started a bunch of businesses or anything like that, there are other ways to make a VIP statement. Like start writing a blog, start doing a podcast, start doing these little things that allow you to build it doesn't necessarily have to build your brand, but it's building something bigger than yourself. And that's giving them an outlet that they can optimize. So that's kind of, that would be my strategy. If you're feeling like you're in a tough spot and you can never really get in contact with a VIP, like I said, just start a blog. Like you can use WordPress, Blogger, Tumblr, all those good things. You can do a guest blog so it gives you an excuse to reach out to people and actually talk to them in person. You can do a guest podcast. And the bigger thing is if you have any experience on anything, become an author. Write a book. If you write a book and you start gifting it to people, they're going to give you a chance because, I mean, you're someone that knows something that they likely don't know. So that's kind of, that would be my advice when it comes to networking if you're networking with people that are in that vip category that are worth 250 dollars a minute
3: i really like the concept of the vip statement i i i had heard that before but i i definitely don't have one um but i I do think it's super super helpful i think it's helpful regardless of of like who you're networking with like what level they are that sort of thing Um, i think it probably is more important when you're when you're at that like higher stakes level but i do think that that can be helpful at, at any time. So I think people should be making that regardless of, of kind of like who you're talking to or, or the, the ranks of what you're talking to.
2: I agree, I, I think it is super important. I think there are a lot of people out there and Brandon, I'm not picking on you, just so you know. It's just because you're someone that's, I guess, essentially entering the world of entrepreneurship. Like right now, you don't have much of a VIP statement. Six months ago, you really had zero VIP statement. Like your VIP statement has changed dramatically in six months. Saying you're one of the founders and educating entrepreneurs. You're you're a co-host of a podcast. Like you can you can add a link to areas that they can find content through blogs. Like you can say that you're one of the content producers for social media on top of your job. That creates a crazy good looking VIP statement, like just having that list, it makes a big difference. And so like, I'd give you a whole lot better chance to talk to me if I got an email from you and I looked at that little snippet. I think those are just little things that people need to understand. And where I kind of would like to go next, if you guys are open to it, I'm kind of curious how you guys network. So like, you know, in our course, we give everyone a networking tool that they're going to be able to use. And I'm curious how, if you guys use tools to network, if you guys track it in any way, anything like that.
3: I definitely do. I think that's kind of where, where our inspiration came from with our tool. But I, I think it's tough to network if you, if you don't, if you don't track it a little bit, if you really are, whatever you want to call it, network relationship building. Like, I think it's really tough to do if you don't know who you're talking to, what you're talking to them about, the reason that you're talking to them, the last time you talked to them, I think it makes for very kind of like jagged um, conversations. And that makes it really tough to develop a relationship with these people. So um, first things first, definitely. I, and I think maybe we'll touch on the tool. Maybe we won't. Either way, it's it's at Educating Entrepreneurs. That's not my way of networking. That's my way to control um, kind of the chaos of what I'm, what I'm thinking, who I want to meet with that sort of thing. Um, for me, uh, networking has always been more of a, more of an informal thing. I, I don't like to make it super formal. Um, I, I'm the same way, like don't really go to a networking events. Whenever I network with someone, I, I try and make it more about like kind of personal aspects and getting to know them before it's like, unless it's someone you, and you know, exactly what you want to get from them and you know, a ton about them. Um, I think you can go in and say, hey, I really like the way that you do X, Y, or Z. I would love to learn more about this. I'm in X industry, and I think like either I could provide this value or I would like to learn this, whatever. I think that's one way to do it. But usually my go-to is, is trying to make a personal connection to people because I think regardless of, of who you are, your status, or, or anything um, – People are much more willing to talk to you if they if they feel some sort of connection to you, some sort of trust, some sort of maybe common ground is is a good theme. So, or a good a good uh, word to use there, um, and that's always been mine. I know that's not that's not might not be easy for a lot of people. That might not feel like comfortable or normal um, because people usually do go in with like a certain idea in mind. But I do think that for me, that's kind of what works best.
0: How do you find that common ground with someone that you don't know? Like how are you asking them just a ton of questions or is it just trying to, is it doing your homework before or how do you go about that? Yeah.
3: I mean, I think a lot of times like, yeah, you have to do a lot of home. I think you have to do homework and you have to know the type of event you're going into. I think you have to know the type of people that are going to be there. You don't always know like who you're actually going to be talking to, right? Like you don't know um, John Smith from X company is going to be there. Um, what you do know is that this level scientist or this level consultant generally with this domain name with this like domain knowledge will be there. Um so, I think if you know the general gist of what the speaker event is for, what the event as a whole is for, like you have a talking point right off the bat. Like if you have something to either offer on that point or something that you want to connect with, like, hey, I really like this point about it. Like, what did you think? Um, but truthfully, I think it's it's very easy to. I shouldn't say very easy. Um, truthfully, my, mine is just like asking questions about people like, hey, like, nice to meet you and ask X, Y or Z about, uh, about them, like why they're there, what they're doing there. And I think from there, it's it like turns into a conversation like that's where I don't know if you want to call it like the analytical piece or the the piece that you're not going to be able to be prepared for is like as they give answers, I, you have to be able to, to, to kind of parse those down and figure out like how to build on those and how if you do have a a specific thing in mind that you want to get from them, like how you're going to get to that. And and that's something that I think for myself, like luckily has, has been something that has come naturally. Um, so I might not be the best person to ask about that, but, um, I, I think like being genuine and just trying to have conversation with people is like step one in making any, especially if you want to have follow-up with people, I I think it's step one in in building any of that trust or or relationship.
2: So, I don't use a strategy that Brady uses. At least, I don't anymore. So, I guess this isn't like an oh good for me kind of thing. It's more just like, I get so many messages a day to network or become a part of my group or mentor or anything like that. That I, I just don't need any more people to be in my group. Like. I'm too busy. I don't have time for that kind of networking. So when I network, I am legitimately networking for a purpose. Like, I need to become close with somebody because they ultimately are going to enhance my career in the future. For example, and sorry, Ozzy, if you're listening to this, but Ozzy Nelson, he runs Nelson Worldwide, and it's one of the largest architecture real estate firms in the world actually i think it's number three so it's a multi-billion dollar company and he's the owner and i i thought about it and i was like you know what i have a list of people that i need to have be a part of my network so i look at different industries and i pick the people that are the best in that industry and i try to add them to my list even if it takes me years to add them to my list so So Ozzy is a good example and I can just use him because this is more of a recent thing. I was thinking if he's that good at real estate and I'm gonna keep doing real estate as a side hobby, like he needs to be a part of my network. Like he's one of the best in the world. There's no reason why I'm not talking to him on a regular basis. So I tried for a long time and I kept reaching out, trying different strategies. I'd make specific blogs for him, I'd make videos for him. I'd do all these things just inviting him on a podcast so we could sit down for 40 to 60 minutes and just get to know each other. And, you know, after trying for months at a time, some for some reason, I don't know what piece of content I sent him, finally worked for him. He requested me to be friends on LinkedIn and immediately said, hey, I'd love to do a podcast. And from there, basically, I had a plan in place, and I know this is horrible because every person you talk to is a human being. And like Brady said, you do have to be genuine, and I do believe that. And I still try to be very genuine with these people. But like I had a plan in place where I was going to sit down with them for the podcast. I was going to make sure I promoted the heck out of the podcast. And every single time there was a, we had a good week where a lot of people listened, it gave me a chance to reach out to them again. And then when I'd reach out, I just bring kept bringing up, like, different things we could do together. And that's, like, where the personal side comes in, like Brady was talking about. And from there, like, I started to go to a Twins game with him, or I started to do this or that with him. So he became my friend, right? But where my strategy differs from Brady is I don't start with the personal. I start with the value add. Like, I need to be—I'm very focused on what I can bring to the table for that person— And then from there, once I get my foot in the door, because that's legitimately the only way I can get my foot in the door, then I take it to the personal level. And I don't know what you think of that, Brady, but at least from my experience, the people that I'm trying to add to my network, if I just wanted to reach out to talk, like learn from them in the industry or anything like that, like I don't have a shot at getting a response.
3: No, and I understand that. I I think... um... I mean, I, I haven't been in that situation, so I can't speak on behalf of it. I've I've always had, um, I think I've been really fortunate and had luck um, connecting with people, kind of just um, wanting to talk. Truthfully, the way I, I take it is like, I take the student view to everything. Like, you're the expert. I just want to like learn in this area. Um, and I think one thing that's important to note is not just saying like, oh, I want to talk with you, but like You do have to have something specific that you're asking about like either something about their background something that they do but i usually take the path of like i know nothing you know everything i would love i would love to learn like i'm going into this industry like i have maybe like i have this proposed idea do you think that would be like a good a good path forward or i have like i saw that you do this um i like i looked at look it over and i thought maybe you could try this what do you think of that um, like, so having some sort of proposal, um, I think you do have to have that. I do think being, being genuine goes a long ways. Now I, I can't really speak on behalf of what Bobby said, cause I'm not in those situations with, um, kind of like those, if you want to call them like the high end people, um, I'm not in those situations, but truthfully. So my situation is like for the people that don't like, don't make time or don't want to talk like on the genuine basis, like those are people that I normally don't want to talk with anyways. Um, I haven't had like great luck with if you have to like force a hand and, and there are like people don't want to talk on the basis of like just like having the conversation, um, those are usually people that aren't, I'm not trying to reach out to anyways. So, um, yeah, people like sometimes you have to reach out to them multiple times. If they're super busy, but I haven't been in that situation. So um, I could definitely see how that's the case um, with that type of people. But um, I think for myself and, and probably most of the listeners, I, I don't know if they're in that situation.
2: Yeah. So here's where I'm going to butt in and, and I could be 100 percent wrong. But the way that I network, I believe I'm networking more as an entrepreneur trying to figure out how to build a network to build my business. And I think the networking that Brady and Brandon and Joey have maybe talked about to this point is more just like common successful networking. And, you know, I think for all of you guys that are listening about entrepreneurship, Like your company will only be as successful as your network. Like you can't believe how quick your company grows when you have a strong network around you. And when you're hopping into a specific industry, if you can have the best people in that industry on your team, man, you are in a good spot. So a network goes beyond just having a friend. Like your network should do so much more for you. So when you're the entrepreneur if you're pursuing your passion if you're trying to run a company you need to create a network of individuals that not only will help produce sales not only help you generate leads not only get your foot in the door with big companies you're also trying to find a crazy good network that can act as your board of advisors a lot of successful companies have an incredible board of advisors and right now at GoMahi, we're spending the next month really nailing down who we want as our seven people that we want to add to our board of advisors. And you know, commonly in entrepreneurship, your board of advisors gets an equity stake in your company. So these are people that are going to get paid for their time, but they're also people that have to genuinely love your company and love you. But your board has to be a bunch of I guess in my case, the way that I describe them is they have to be a bunch of badasses. Like, they have to be the best of the best in their field, and it should be a lot of work to get in the door. And if it's not a lot of work to get in front of them, then they probably aren't a big enough deal. And I know you can get lucky, but like I brought up last week, you know, I sat down with Richard Wilson, who only deals with centimillionaires, so a 100 plus million dollar people, and He said the way that he knows this person is not successful enough or they're faking is when they offer to give him more than 15 minutes of their time. And he said, I've just found in general every 100 plus million dollar person is usually only taking 15 minute meetings. And I have to work really hard for those meetings. And that's the same thing for your network. If you can sit down and you can make a list of key people that you believe could actually change your business... Like, blow the doors off your business. Like, that is a list that you should just work on over and over again. And you can recycle that list when you actually knock someone off. Like, when you knock someone off the list, keep the contact and add another name. Like, add another person that's going to make that difference in your company. I think those are two forms of networking. And I do think you need both. Like, you definitely need the networking that Brady and Brandon Joy were talking about to even get to that point or begin to get to that point where you can actually reach out to all these individuals. But if we're just talking about entrepreneurship, as the CEO or founder of your company, you're going to really need that network and you're going to have to put time into that too.
0: Yeah, I don't need to go too much in depth with mine just because mine is basically limited networking. But I think the way that I would approach mine is... I like to learn off of people. I like to gain knowledge from others because not just a confidence issue, but I think I think other people that I would talk to at network events probably have more to give than I would at this point. And I think learning off of them would help me in that way. And maybe I could be one of those people where I'm giving more to them than they're giving to me eventually. So I think mine would just be kind of like Brady's is finding that common ground, finding something that you can Actually, sit there and talk about, and not feel like you're having an awkward conversation or looking for something to talk to. And I think at that point, for me, if I did feel that way, it's kind of just move on to the next person, and see who else can bring me value that day.
3: Um, so I think both I think both of those are good points. I think one thing to remember is that people love to talk about themselves. Like the the reason it works to say like, oh, I want to learn from you, is because if you walk into a room and you're like, I think you are the almighty and you are the omega. People are like, hell yeah, like you're damn right I am. Let me tell you all the reasons I am. Like people love to talk about themselves. I mean, that's why people that's why people do podcasts. That's why people like people love to get up and talk about like what they're doing, what they're building, why what they're building is better or like why it's helping the world. So I, I think that's one thing to to keep in mind is regardless of how you want to go about it, like if you're asking about someone and, and making it known that like, hey, I, I I think you are this person, like I hold you to a very high light. And I would love to hear more about what you do. Like, yes, people are super busy, but like that's going to give you a good chance at, at getting someone to talk about themselves and, and learn from them, because I think it's human nature that people like to talk about themselves. That's one point that I think is really important. The other point is...
2: I'm curious, though. So you said that I agree that every person is, well, really, we're all selfish beings and we love talking about ourselves and i think that strategy works insanely well but how do you it does it does that only work if you're in front of that person in person like do you think that still works if you send them their executive assistant an email
3: yeah so i think that's tough i mean so i mean i think it's way easier in person i mean i think i think reaching out in general and getting in contact with someone virtually is significantly tougher like even for someone that isn't as busy like it's so easy to see an email come in and just be like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, when someone's in your face, like right in front of you, it's a lot tougher to be like, no, nah, I don't want to talk. Like, even if you're at a point in the night, you're super tired, you don't want to talk to somebody. Like, if there's someone that walks up to you, unless you've got something really pressing to get to, it's tough to just be like, nah, like, I'm not going to talk to you. Like, sorry, another night, you know? Um, whereas, like, I think, and I think this is actually a really good point because I think people have the chance to get in front of people um, see him at an event or, um, see him speak at an event, whatever. And they say like, Oh, I'm just going to shoot him an email or I'm going to, I'm going to like reach out to their assistant because like, that's way more comfortable, right? Like you don't want to, you don't want to face the fear of like walking up, standing in line for maybe 30 minutes and then maybe getting shut down by somebody or having like an awkward interaction. So people are like, I'll just shoot him an email. Well like your email chances of getting through to them to the same exact person is probably I don't know five to ten percent of what it would be if you walked up face to face to them. So I think that's a really good point of like when you get the opportunity, you should be face to face. But I do I, I I do think like exactly what you said is I I don't think there's as good of a chance if you're sending an email or or phone or I think phone is better than email, but um, when you're doing that virtual type thing. I think it is tougher to get people to kind of feel that, like get to talk about themselves. But I, I still think it works if you're trying to like open up a conversation, want to hear more about somebody. Um, I still think like getting people to talk about themselves works. Is it a harder to get your foot in the door? Yes, I agree. But generally speaking, I do think that's a good way. It's, 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 it's worked for me. I, I've heard it work for other people. I don't think that's like a blanket thing of like, oh, that's going to get you every connection you ever want. But, but I do think it, it's something to note. The second thing I had was, um, everything that you said, Bobby, I don't think it's wrong. Like, I I think what you're saying is right. I think what you're talking about is like step 10 for a lot of people. So like, I think we're talking about maybe step one, two, and three, and you are talking like exactly about, like, I think everything you're saying is true. I think you're just talking further down the line than a lot of people are right now. Um, and I could be wrong. Like, I think people need to like aim for that. Um, I think if someone was like running a marathon, you'd say like, Oh, you need to run like 15 miles. Well, you're not going to like go out and run 15 miles on the first time. Like, you know, at some point you're going to have to run 15 miles, but you have to start by like running those couple of miles. Like I, I do think, and I could be totally wrong here, that for someone that hasn't done like the smaller, smaller source networking, um, just like having those conversations, talking to people, like, I think your chances of either getting connected or having a, a worthwhile conversation with someone at like the tough to reach levels it would be very difficult. Like, I don't think that would be a successful conversation. I think it'd be really tough for people Um because I, I think it does take time to have those, like, you could sit down with someone, like, you could sit down with a Tim Ferriss or whoever for two hours, but if you're not asking the right questions or having a good dialogue, like, you're not going to get the value out of the conversation. You know what I mean? Um So I, I do think there is some level of, like, refinement that people need to go to. And, and with that said, like, I think everything you're saying is right. I just, I think, Like at least myself, like I'm talking about stages two and three and you're probably talking about stages, whatever, five or six or seven. Um, So just farther down the line.
2: So I can agree with that. I think I guess I'm willing to hedge a little bit on what I said then, but I'm not willing to hedge on the idea that at least half of your list of individuals you want to network with should be those people that are VIPs. I think you should constantly be working on networking with that VIP level individual and working on that person that might be in stage two or three or just a little bit above you. Because I just get really afraid or what I see that disappoints me is how many people just believe they're in that level two or three and they never reach out to someone in that level 10. And they miss out on so much because they never have the opportunity to reach out. Because no one, no one at that level ever sees them if no one's trying, you know. And that's the thing that I just believe when it comes to networking. I think networking applies, or I think the idea of audacious goals also apply to the networking world. I think you have to have an audacious networking goal because you wanna connect with some of those people that are mind blowing, you know? Five years ago when I started networking or talking to people, like my mind was blown when I talked to someone that was running a startup that had 10 employees. I'm currently, like I text people that are running billion dollar businesses every day just to text them and I never thought that was a realistic thing, ever. And I definitely didn't think it was realistic at this point. Like, I never thought I'd be able to talk to someone like P. Diddy or something like that because what value would I bring, you know? I'm just a little entrepreneur that doesn't do much of anything but try to figure it out right now. Yet somehow I am providing them value, and I think everyone out there needs to understand that they might not believe they have what it takes to provide someone value, but if they do their homework and they study up on a topic... They can provide value in a way that someone may have not already seen, you know, so that that would be my take on that. So I think the second part of that, you made like a really good point. Like,
3: I, I I think like the point that you're making isn't a net. I don't even think it's a networking point. I think it's like a I think that's like a life statement, you know, like you should be like just like you should be going beyond your boundaries, whether it's in like your work, your school, like your workouts, like you should be making yourself uncomfortable, right? Like reaching to the places that you don't think you can go. Like, I think that's true for anything. And I a hundred percent think it's true for, for networking as well. Now with the other side of that is like, I don't think you should only be reaching out to those people because, um, I think then you're missing the opportunity to have where you could have had 10 conversations, um, maybe in that time in that time span while you're waiting for those like one or two or three people that you get connected with you're missing opportunities for those if you're only reaching for for a super super high like lofty um thing with that said yeah like i i think whether you want it to be half or whatever the number is i think there should be a lot of those kind of like top tier people that you should always be reaching out to but i think you also have to be like realize that i don't know if you want to call it kind of the like the turnover rate or the success rate for those like maybe if you reach out to 50 people, you'll get, you'll hear back from two, or you'll hear back from one. And like, you have to be okay with that, whatever it is, like the number is small, and it's like a, a, a very small number. And I think you have to be okay with like, knowing that like, going into it, you're gonna either get turned away or ignored, or people are gonna say no to you. Um, and that's okay. Like, I think that's true with anything that you do in life, and like reaching somewhere where you haven't been before, you think that either you're not capable of reaching or never knew that you could could get there, um, I, I think you have to be ready for that and expect that to happen. But at the same time, I do think um, you should be having those other conversations with just people at, at kind of any level, at at any sort of thing and do that. So um, I, I think that's a good point. And I don't think it's like, a, to to me, that's not like an even like a networking point. I think that's just like a a, a life statement of like, yeah, you definitely should be reaching out Um, beyond those things. But you also need like kind of the tangible here and now, make sure you're making progress in like the day to day and not just like you wouldn't put like all your you wouldn't like invest all your money. It's not investing, but like on lottery tickets, just because like you could hit a 500 million dollar jackpot, like you you got to like hedge your bets and do like what you're doing in the day to day. And you can still go for those like long, lofty reach goals and you should. Um, But I think you should also, I think you should have both sides of it. So I I think that's 100% true.
2: So it made me think of something else just while you were saying that when you were talking about, you know, your success rate might be lower, this or that. One thing that I guess I don't really understand, I, I feel like, and I could be wrong, I feel like a lot of people just network to network. And maybe there's a lot of value in that, just getting more friends or whatever it is, more connections.
3: I was going to say, can you define, can you define like what you mean by that?
2: Yeah. So I think like a lot of people go to networking groups just to keep meeting more and more people. And I think that's really good. But at the same time, I also think in my heart of hearts, I think it's worthless. So like, I think it's good to know a lot of people, but if you want to know a lot of people, then just, Do something on social media, and you can know a lot of people. And I know there's some uh, there's a different aspect to knowing them in person. But I think a lot of people go into networking with a zero plan, and the idea of just networking to network, I think it's good to do, but don't expect for it to take don't expect it to take your career to the next level. At least in my opinion, and that's my personal opinion. I think the people that are experts at what they do is because they're expert networkers. So like every person that they network with or they add to their network are people that specifically fit that strategy or that path that they want to follow. So they always have that person in there that they're providing value to and that person's providing value to them. It's a give and take relationship. And I've seen a lot of people with a lot of people in their network, but they're doing nothing with that network. So like that's one of the things that I guess from an outside perspective, I kind of have a problem with because I also see it as like the same, I see it as the same issue as a lot of people that just read and read and read and learn and learn and learn, but they never do anything with what they learn. They just keep learning to make sure they learn and that's where I see like a very dangerous I think that's a dangerous aspect of people that network a ton. They network and network and network. And then they just keep doing it to make sure they keep building their network. But they don't do anything with that network. And I think that's something on top of I agree with everything Brady said. You should definitely split it down the middle. Or even if it's less than split down the middle. Whatever it is. like You should focus on both. Because you should be connecting with some people. But I don't think you should just connect to connect. You need to connect with a strategy or else you're just, I, in my opinion, I think you're wasting your time.
3: Yeah. I don't have a, a lot on, on that. I, I think that's a good, I think that's a good point. I, I don't have as much, like, I don't know if you want to call it experience or where with all of that, like the networking just to network. But I, I, I think I I think I could picture the person that you're talking about. Um, I, I think I could, I could definitely understand that. What I will say just kind of building or, or, pivoting off of what you said, is that like, if you're not, I, I, you said something along the lines of, if you're not doing anything with those, with that network or with those people, then it really doesn't matter, like doing that networking. And uh, like, I agree with that. I think, and one, one important thing that we haven't really talked about is kind of like following up and continuing the conversation, right? Like networking, isn't like having one conversation with someone like, yeah, you can get a ton of valuable information from like an hour conversation or a two hour conversation with somebody, but like, Really, that's that's not so much networking if you're not like continuing the conversation and continuing to grow that relationship and grow like either your learning or their learning, either way, like making that useful. So like I, I think at a point you have to like you do you have to commit some of your time to um like certain individuals, like you were saying in that network that you see like great value, great fit, that sort of thing. So in my opinion, and and you guys can push back if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, I've always like, I would rather network with a hundred people, take the insights from those and then follow up with 10 or 15 of those people and actually keep in contact with them instead of trying to keep in contact with a hundred or 150 or 200 people. Um, I think you can do that, but I think, I think the important thing is continuing the conversation and growing those relationships, like having a close, like tight network of people that you can actually utilize rather than like a network of 300 where you're just like, oh, like I met them once and now they're in my like network. And I think to me, that's like networking to network versus like networking to actually build and grow value, not just for yourself, but for the other person as well. Like getting to know them, getting to know their needs, getting to know your own needs and like where you both fit in on each other's like level, I guess.
0: Yeah. And that, that was the thing that I was going to bring up that basically like the whole, just LinkedIn, you could see someone with over a 1,000 connections, I don't even know what's good anymore for connections, but that's kind of to my point is you can see someone with that many connections and you look at them and you go, wow, that person has met a lot of people, they've talked to a lot of people, and then you could see someone that you connect with with 30. There could be a big difference between those that guy with 30 and that guy with over a 1,000. That guy with 30, those he could have a value add to them and they could bring value to him and they're talking almost every day or every week for that person with a 1,000 he maybe saw him speak once, he maybe talked to him once, and he has all those, and that's just fluff at that point. And I think, as you guys are saying, and that I think that we've touched on it in most of our podcasts is bringing value to other people instead of you just going to a networking event, looking for someone to kind of help you out and you not bringing anything to them. Well, everyone, that was our show. We uh, touched on doing your homework. You got to know who you're talking to before you get into that. You got to have that VIP statement, as Bobby said. You know, it makes you look like a bigger person. It separates you from other people. Getting yourself out there more. And uh, just how to network. Brady and I both kind of had our common ground that we're trying to find with other people, while Bobby focused on more of the value add. Work on that list of people. Write down the people that you have networked with. Write down the key people that you want to keep connecting with and shuffle those guys in and out as much as you want. And finally, just following up and helping grow those connections. I want you guys this week, whoever's ever listening right now, to try this stuff out. Go to a networking event. Start talking to people. Try these things out and let us know how they went. Do those things. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week.